Welcome back to another untitled television review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, I'm invincible. I am invincible. Remember that from Goldeneye? Oh, yeah. Alan Cumming? Yeah. <laughs> terrible. as Boris. <laughs> Come on. That it's terrible. Rules, dude. Terrible. So terrible. Uh, today we are uh, discussing slash reviewing uh, the first three episodes of the Amazon original uh, animated series Invincible, um, which will be premiering in uh, late March. By the time you're listening to this, I believe um, it's the 26th. It, it goes on uh, Amazon Prime. Um, you're hearing this a little bit early if you're uh, listening to it before. Uh, we are recording it much earlier, <laughs> shockingly earlier. Yeah. Uh, Eric, how are you doing? Um, this one's fun for me because we don't do a lot of TV reviews. Uh, it seems to be superhero. You're focused, related. Because we, <laughs> um, uh, we did review, you know, the first three episodes of WandaVision and now we're and we kind of covered Mandalorian before that. You know, the big kind of, you know, uh, blockbustery TV shows. And Invincible is an interesting one, though, because it is a hour long uh superhero drama uh that is animated and based on the comic series by uh robert kirkman who you guys would know from uh he's the creator of the walking dead um and he wrote you know every uh comic of invincible for many years uh starting in 2003 i believe all the way up until ending um uh in the last couple years or so um and uh an hour-long animated series for Amazon Prime, uh, produced by uh, Seth Rogen and um, uh, Evan Goldberg, um, and who are also are attached to do a live-action version of this. Uh, I've been very excited for this because I did read through uh, the entire Invincible run uh, recently. Every uh, every book I bought the big kind of compendiums and, and read through them. And it, it was one of my favorite experiences of the last couple of years. And I think it's a, uh, incredible take on the superhero genre, uh, uh, offering crazy twists and turns and elaborate storytelling that, you know, we're just getting, you know, after seeing these three episodes, just kind of touching upon what is to come. Uh, a, a phenomenal cast. You have Steven Yun as Mark Grayson, J.K. Simmons as Nolan Grayson, Omni Man, and Mark Grayson being invincible. Then you have other people in the cast like Sandra O, oh, Mark Hamill, Seth Rogen, uh, Gillian Jacobs, Andrew Rannell, Zazie Beetz, Walton Goggins, Jason Mazukis, Mai Whitman, uh, uh, Zachary Quinto, um, uh, Kevin Michael Richardson, who I always know, I think he did a lot of uh, voices in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mahershala Ali uh, in the first episode. Or yeah, Mahershala Episode, yeah, right? Mahershala Ali. You got uh, John Hamm pops up, uh, Clancy Brown, uh, uh, more and more people you'll see come through. Uh, a great, phenomenal cast. So excited to talk about this, Eric, especially because you basically knew nothing about Invincible going and you know a little bit based on our conversations of me reading through that series, correct? Yeah, and 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 you also hooking other people onto it, like uh, uh you know, friend Mike Muntz who started yeah. reading them because of you as well. And yeah, and your enthusiasm about watching them and talking about, you know, what this would be like as a series or a potential film and how you would envision it. And I think it's good. I I mean like it, it kind of plays in a similar ballpark with like Watchmen or Kick-Ass or something like that, where like it is a superhero uh, series or the boys even, which is also on Amazon um, where 
you know, you have these characters that are kind of parodying or sort of emulating very well-known, um, specifically DC characters, and you're brought into a world that you're kind of familiar with because you know, you know, of comic book movies or comic books in general, and then it kind of, like the boys or Watchmen, subverts those expectations through character development and sort of plot and sort of how it warps what we're accustomed to and sort of how we see these characters and how they're kind of turned inside out a little bit and kind of played with in um, a darker convention. And I think that that's the most interesting stuff there. The first episode, I think the strongest aspect of it is the father son stuff with, with Nolan and Mark um, I think that the second episode and the third episode are, you know, of a companion that kind of play out in kind of an overall storyline that'll kind of continue on as as uh, the series progresses in its eight or nine episodes for for season one. Um, I really like the voice cast. Uh, I mean, it's always great to have someone like Clancy Brown pop up. You know, that's almost like a a, a seal of approval when you have uh, an animated series. If you get Clancy Brown to voice a character, you know you're doing you know the right thing or you're going in the right direction. Um, I also did feel like it took a little bit of time in that first episode to kind of build to what it was ultimately getting to because at first it's setting up again like you know the the guardians of the globe and this world that you know is riffing on dc specifically but there are some marvel sort of um and we'll get more marvel influences yeah influences throughout but like if you know what justice league is you get the idea of what guardians of the globe is. And it's kind of funny to see like one of the characters is a literal fish man who's yeah. kind of lonely. <laughs> <It's an Aquaman. laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, but yeah, but, but from there, like it, it takes some time to kind of set the table and, and sort of build the, the characters and sort of what you're going to focus on. And it's essentially, at least the first episode is a coming into, you know, age coming into your own powers and Mark kind of eventually getting those powers before he's 18 and figuring out that, okay, he has these abilities that, you know, his dad does, um, but he's still kind of, you know, green to it all and, and doesn't realize that it takes longer to kind of, you know, practice and understand what he's getting himself into. Yeah, and I, I should preface that, you know, we won't spoil anything in these three episodes. We have a very strict embargo on what we can and cannot talk about because there are some great, I think Invincible, one of the be- my favorite things about it is that it always kept me guessing and I'll get into like why I loved it. And, and for that reason, I think the show is actually kind of nailing that aspect of it, but we won't spoil anything. This is just going to be spoiler free impressions from the first three episodes. And then uh, I, I probably will want to do a spoiler cast after the first season's done or something like that but yeah for those of you who aren't familiar with invisible eric did a pretty good job like explaining like you know it is a riff on you know dc specifically right now but we will get into some marvel and just superheroes in general kind of similar to what the boys is doing but in a a very different way maybe a more traditional kind of way instead of really kind of taking down you know big corporations and superheroes in general but um yeah essentially jk simmons is playing you know the superman of this universe and his son is played by steven yun who is um uh, mark grayson who eric said is getting his powers as he's you know just becoming 18 and 
learning how to deal with that and he wants to be his dad like he he just wants to be this you know hero the world knows omni-man as their kind of superhero of like the most powerful hero in their you know in the world and um why i love the show is because i think it can take all that traditional stuff we get in marvel and dc comics and in the movies and stuff like that and i i I mean it is a cliched saying but it's we've said it before, but subvert your expectations on, on what that can be. Like it is very traditional in some of the, um, you know, superhero storytelling, but because these are all, you know, new characters that are just inspired by other heroes and things like that, I think it lets them, you know, do whatever they want to these characters and always keep you guessing of what's going to happen and lets you kind of play with the tropes and lets you play with what you expect from a Superman or what you expect from a Batman or an Aquaman or, or Wonder Woman and things like that and kind of turn those on its head um, and, and kind of do interesting things that you're not expecting. And I think what I love much like I compared it to game of Thrones. I think when we, when I was, I was reading game of, or I was reading invincible and watching game of Thrones at the same time. And I think we talked about it on an untitled movie podcast, like a year or two ago, where the same thing with game of Thrones, where it is a story where anyone can die at any moment. And like, and it, it always, it's not like traditional superhero things where you know, okay, Captain America or Iron Man or whoever the lead is in this movie is n- probably not going to die until when we expect them to die, right? And in this show, I think does a great thing of in its storytelling because they're all original characters, um, but they're based on things that we kind of know from these other series is that it's always surprising when something happens. And, and I think the storytelling is really great. And in this first three episodes, it kind of just touches on what this series is. And I I think it's going to be really interesting, both from people who are huge fans and people who have no idea what's coming. Um, and, and kind of, I think it's going to be an interesting journey for both of those groups. Cause for me being, you know, I'm not even the biggest invincible fan. There are people who have followed this series for, you know, over a decade obsessing over it and having to wait months between issues and, and and things like that, where I binged the series leading up until, you know, the final issue, which came out, you know, as I was finishing up, um, reading uh the series and much like um, game of thrones you came into yes, it late and it's very late so i don't even have that attachment to it like other people do so i'm going to be curious to hear their perspective on it because in these first three episodes it does it doesn't change a lot like obviously the big hook and the big twist of the comics is very much in these first couple episodes and um i feel like that will be very surprising to people who don't see that coming and um i will say that it keeps it it looks just like it does on the page of the comics which i i do appreciate that like the animation looks like they took those comic panels and just brought it to life and that i really kind of appreciate the violence is there and it is shocking when it happens it is very graphic it is uh and that will continue throughout the whole series but i think that's even something where the first episode is really you know, if you don't know anything about Invincible and I, and maybe they'll market it in a way that you just think it's like a Marvel or DC kind of, you know, superhero animated show. Um, and if you really don't know when some of that kind of hits of violence are coming, it's going to be quite shocking. And, um, and that's what I kind of loved about 
the comic as well because you just never see it coming and when it does it's intense and it's violence uh violent and that's definitely throughout these but they do change things up in the order of things happen and certain characters are 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 different and, and changed around but i feel like it's it's sticking pretty much to the subject matter they're just kind of moving at a little bit of a quicker pace so what i'm most curious is like how much there's like you know, a hundred and some issues of Invincible, I want to say, like, I'm sorry, I'm doing a little bit of research as we go. Um, but I'm surprised where they're already at after these three episodes. But then I, I will shit you not, Eric, there's so much more to this and it expands and the world building and like the different characters that come in and some of the twists and turns are, uh, uh, it, it was one of those comics where I just couldn't put it down. And I was like, man, like this is so much more than what I thought it was going to be. And I think it's smart that they put the twist, one of the twists in the very first episode. Um, and that I feel like we still have just scratched the surface of what this can be. And they've kind of hinted at certain things and they're putting all the major puzzle pieces in there. And I can't wait to see kind of, how that kind of expands. And I really, really enjoyed these first three episodes being a fan of the series. And I'm, I'm curious to see the different perspectives from people who are experiencing this story for the first time and people who know every aspect of it because they are changing things up, but everything that they've changed, I'm kind of into, and I don't mind the stuff that they've either taken out or maybe they're going to include later. Like it seems maybe they organize some different things around. So you, as someone who you said you enjoyed it, um, like so i agree with you that it is the comics are the same way where it takes a little while to get into it but as that world builds and as they put more pieces in and more twists and turns happen i feel like the more i got invested into this story and i can't wait to see how that plays out on screen and it's just cool to get an r-rated i like something like harley quinn i think is um it's hard to judge because we have two full seasons of harley quinn but another adult r-rated superhero animated show very different where Harley Quinn, I think I, I was surprised at how much I got invested into those characters and that there was a story to tell between those two seasons. This is your kind of more traditional, like what if we made an R rated DC or, or Marvel movie and put it into a TV show kind of thing, but make it animated. But, um, I just like seeing that we're taking an, a, a, you know, making an adult animated series from this superhero comic. And I, I'm really thrilled with how these first three episodes played out. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that I really uh, respected about this and 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 was um, pleasantly surprised with is that the violence and the profanity isn't obnoxious. It's used in a way that is to get your attention, as you said. It's shocking. It's disturbing. It's weird. But I never felt. I mean, we 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 spent a whole thirty minutes talking about Cherry and how juvenile it is. This doesn't feel like a Mark Millar uh, comic book series in in any way. Like that, you know, that could have been. This could have been Kick Ass or Wanted or something like that. Where there are a lot of really interesting characters and developments that are kind of expanding and you can see that in in those three episodes relationships between you know mark and certain characters and sort of how again you know he's coming into his powers and he's meeting new people and you know he's figuring out himself as well as he goes along and and you know what that means to the rest of the world and even further than that in the universe um 
there's a lot of really interesting moments that I think when it comes to genre television, whether it be animated or live action, I think the most interesting stuff isn't the fight sequences or the action. It's the stuff in between. It's the beats where we get, you know, the mundane as, and and I've mentioned this with Harley Quinn, the mundane everyday stuff and seeing how superheroes adjust to it or they don't and how, you know, like they play into you know, their, their roles or in, in, you know, everyday life. And obviously even like something like the Incredibles has done that before and it's nothing new, but it's always interesting to see how, you know, a character like a Superman esque person will, you know, play within the confines of, of, you know, this kind of setting and, and sort of making it a kind of not squeaky clean kind of, you know, a course correct kind of version of that and doing something a little bit again, um, richer and darker and, and going to places that, you know, we might think of as grownups, but in the comic book realm might not be thought of for the Batmans and the Supermans because they have a certain sort of expectation or audience that they're being, you know, marketed and projected to where this is like, you can take certain elements from those storylines and create characters that are similar. And then you can do certain things with them that are unexpected. And I think that this is what this series is, is sort of playing at. But again, it's also like, I just love the little stuff at like, you know, home life with, you know, the Grayson family, like, you know, and then like, you know, the, the, the mom and dad, you know, having a very kind of um, passionate and open sort of romance and sort of Mark being kind of grossed out by that. And then also, you know, at, at the drop of the hat, they can go to, uh, you know, Naples or Germany and pick yeah, up, you know, takeout and stuff yeah. like that. Like those are the little things that I think are really, really strong in this this show. And and I think that the voice cast is 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 great. And I really love J.K. Simmons and Stephen Yun and sort of their dynamic as a father and son. And and you know, I mean, J.K. Simmons is great in anything, but like that kind of gravelly seasoned voice of somebody yeah, that's perfect for Nolan. That's, yeah. 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 And the way that he's teaching his son, like, cause Nolan is somebody that is kind of jumping headfirst into situations and hasn't really figured things out. So, you know, certain events play out differently compared to how Omni-Man takes them because Omni-Man has, you know, the experience and, you know, like you see in the opening sequence of this show with, you know, the guardians of the globe and how they handle a situation where there's no casualties. And like, you know, it's very surgical. Like they've done this a hundred times before and they're just doing it because one, they, you know, they're obligated to a certain degree, but they want to, but they know what they're doing. And it's just interesting seeing somebody that doesn't have those experiences that's awkward and clumsy and still trying to you know maneuver high school and now having you know this added pressure of you know becoming a superhero i mean it's 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 your classic sort of story of of you know uh, uh, somebody with great power comes great responsibilities and how you deal with that and how those influence are, are sort of developed. But I like this more than Superman. I've never been a Superman fan, but I've weirdly liked characters that are Superman adjacent, whether it that be riff on it and Dr. Like kinda, Manhattan yeah. to Goku and Dragon Ball Z. Like I find that the, the sort of the subverted versions of Superman are more interesting than Superman himself. 
Yeah, I totally agree with that. And um, uh, yeah, so we also get like Mark and his, him becoming invincible, him joining, um, not really joining, but working with the teen team, uh, which is uh, uh, which I actually kind of like. With uh, you have they're better uh, than Gillian- Fight Force. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they reference Fight Force a bunch. It's great, and I can't. Which, is wait that supposed more. to be a reference to Alpha Alpha Flight? Or it might or- be Eric. You'll have to see. Um, Gillian Jacobs plays Adam Eve, which I think is really cool. You get um, uh, Jason Manzukis as Rex Blode, and, and um, which I think I love Jason Manzukis. And like, uh, I didn't see him as that character, but as you kind of see it go on, he's the perfect kind of asshole. And um, uh, I kind of love that. Zachary Quinto's voice is perfect as Robot. Um, you get uh, 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 who else am I thinking of who was in the show that I thought was great? You you mentioned Mahershala Ali just showing up as like a kind of a quick role. Titan. Clancy Brown, yeah. Uh, Clancy Brown is always great. He he's Damian Darkblood, who I will say uh, in the comics isn't featured very prominently, but I'm surprised at how prominently he's featured in the show so far or not prominently, but he's a presence that's throughout, you know, all three episodes that we um, saw, which I think is one of the interesting changes. Cause he's just kind of a small, he's a part of the comics, but it seems like he's maybe more integral to this, but I'm curious of how that will play play out as well. Um, I think Zazie beats is Amber is, is really awesome. Cause Amber is more classic kind of like Mary Jane, sort of character in in the in the comics maybe a little bit more you know it's because there's is this kind of love not love triangle but this you know kind of thing of your classic teenager in high school thing with mark and and uh, this girl named amber at his high school is played by zazie beats but then he also meets you know uh samantha wilkins who's adam eve who is also a superhero like he is so there but she is in a relationship with you know uh, Rex and and things like that, which is straight from the comics, and I just kind of love that kind and of. And Rex is jealous of Mark, like that's the thing as well. Like I I found interesting because Mark's a guy who's trying to again like figure himself out and like navigate high school and relationships and things like that. And Mark's not trying to, you know, potentially ruin relationships of other people or anything like that. Like he's trying to just do his own thing and be his own person. And if the opportunity comes up, it will, but he's also very respectful to everybody else, you know, in, in their relationships and not trying to interfere, which I thought was rather refreshing instead of just creating, like you said, like a traditional love triangle of any, any kind. And I think that that's um, also just kind of an interesting little character beat there that, that could have been played out very much in kind of the cliched fashion of like, okay, well we need, you know, this character to make a decision between two people. And it's not like that. It's, it's actually a little bit more mature for, um, you know, somebody who is a teenager. And I think that that's kind of interesting to sort of, you know, again, play on the superhero genre and, and sort of seeing how those relationships kind of unfold. And, and again, like the guy that he's dealing with the the bully of the high school is basically like a flash Thompson type. So yeah, exactly. And that's what I, and that's what I mean by the show kind of taking those tropes and things that we expect from Marvel and DC comics and just using them in a completely different way and, or, or playing with those tropes and playing with your expectations of those. And that's what the series is so good at and that it goes on. It kind of gets away from that more, which is good. I think it's, it's a great way to introduce you to this universe, but then as it kind of grows and does its own thing, it's like, Oh, this is something I've never 
this is something that I haven't seen tackled in the superhero genre. And it feels very traditional at the beginning, but as we go on, I feel like the story expands and kind of builds on itself and becomes, it's a whole nother thing that does play into a lot of those, like what you're saying, Eric, like the mythology of Superman and his, they, they talk about the Viltrumites in this as well. And like, I just can't wait for people to see more from this series because I feel like, like I was, I, I really enjoyed these three episodes, but this is literally just scratching the surface of there's like 144 issues of Invincible. And this cover, these first three episodes from my estimation covered maybe the first 15 issues, but that's because they moved things around and stuff like that. Um, so I can't even say that confidently, but each episode is close to an hour between, I think, 45 minutes and 50 minutes, I think each episode was which i think is did you feel the length at all because we're not used to animated series being that long like i was kind of i was into it and i i mean i watched the three episodes over a span of a a night or two but um i don't know if people will be thrown off by the hour-long animated series because it's not something we really get that often no but i understand what you're where you're coming from i didn't i didn't really feel the length per se the only thing in terms of its structure that i thought was a little bit kind of tiresome is that it does have like it ends and then it kind of has like a post credit scene in each which episode. I think is even kind of a play on that. Yeah, right? but it, but, but it's weird because the post credit scene isn't just like a minute or two minutes. It feels no, sometimes like it's, it's like longer. Yeah, yeah like it's almost will, an extended scene. I will give a shout out. I love the title cards on each episode and how those are used. Yeah, <laughs> like, like especially I, in the first episode, I, I think that one is is the best of the three. Yes, but then I like that that gag continues throughout the other episodes, and I I, I do really kind of uh, appreciate that or dig that as a kind of uh, ongoing kind of gag that they'll do. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to talk more because, like, again, we'll wait until maybe we do a spoiler cast and we see a bit more from it. But I think you, as a fan of Invincible, I think people go in with an open mind because I will say that they do change certain things here and there. But the crux of what invincible is is all there i think they're just kind of telling it in a a different order that makes more sense for television because it's not a monthly comic series that um i really feel like will it'll play out in a slightly different way but they're giving you those big moments that as a fan of the series you know exactly where they're going and then I can't wait to watch along with someone like Eric who knows a little bit about it and is familiar with the genre, but has no idea what to expect from invincible. And that's, what's going to be so fun about watching this series. Cause as a fan, you'll be able to see what they've changed or, or done differently. Like I also want to give a shout out to Walton Goggins. I think he's great as Cecil Stedman. Um, Part of the GDA. Is, yeah. Like, and, and, and I just can't and wait. Donald, the, the, the no. relationship. <laughs> It's great, dude. And there's so much more. Like you can't, I cannot tell you how much this world is going to build and and be so much more than what it is right now. And I promise you stick with this. It's, it is absolutely worth it. Um, Even if you were maybe mixed on these episodes or aren't sure or, but I feel like it has a really good hook and that the first episode and the third episode, it, it makes sense that they're putting out all these three at, at once. And I feel like they both have great hooks to keep you watching. And um, I'm curious to see how quickly we'll get through um, a good chunk of, of the show. And wh- I'm, I'm going to go back now and see what I think that season one cliffhanger will be based on the show because well, like, time works differently a- in comic books versus television. Yeah. 
much Stomp. like time works differently with the uh the flaxens. Yeah, the flaxens. Oh god, I can't wait. Which is um, like the scrolls. And we should also mention with Cecil, Cecil is basically Amanda Waller or Nick Fury. Yes, exactly. And that's what I mean by this show does such a great job of, you know, DC and Marvel did that. They created characters that were pretty much the same people, just their own versions of them. And then this is doing that exact same thing, but it doesn't have the handcuffs of a Marvel or a DC telling you like, hey, you have to use this character in a certain way, or you can't kill that person off because we need them for this series or or whatever. Like Robert Kirkman was able to do whatever the fuck he wants with this, but then play with all of that stuff. And that is the genius of this series. And again, I just cannot wait to watch along with you, Eric, and with people who haven't seen it because um I think it was one of it was one of the most enjoyable comic series I've ever read and um I'm so happy that it's getting this adaptation and it makes me very curious of if they will eventually get to that live action movie version or if there'll be a a point to it after this like right. I'm not, now, I'm not now, sure. I I have a question about that. So do we know if the live action movie is going to just kind of start from the beginning again or is or is the series going to lead into a live action film? My understanding is that it's completely separate, that the movie version um, from Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg is another adaptation of the comic from the beginning, Um, which is interesting because a lot of the people I even see as voice actors in this could have. I mean, Steven Young's a bit too old to play, you know, Invincible in a live action. J.K. Yeah, Simmons, <laughs> Simmons could easily play Omni-Man in the, in the live action version, right? Like yeah. there are certain people that could cross over. Um, so, I, I mean, a lot of these people are older than their characters. So I still think there would be a valuable um, – it would still be cool to see this in live action. I just don't know if you're going to get seasons and seasons of this animated series and then – do the same thing in live action um when when the fans know. like specifically when the fans have already seen it done they've read pretty it and well, they've watched it and, and then, then are now, they going to watch it again just because it's live action but i mean there are those people who just won't watch animated series too right like they right. just so i mean it's different audiences maybe and if you do a big budget if you give them like say this is successful and you give them like a marvel sized budget for this like it could be really interesting but will it feel pointless after we've gotten all this storytelling from the animated series i'm not sure so um and i'm this curious is a about series that. as well that's just not afraid to hide you know a superhuman's mustache you got to appreciate that dude take the, that zach the, snyder eric this isn't a spoiler but the mustache is an integral part of this series <laughs> like there's a there's plot lines on on the viltrumites and the mustache so um i love i love that and i love that they make that a prominent thing and it's even now it's even funnier with the whole superman snyder cut you know uh justice league uh reshoots thing with him having the mustache is, is so funny because it's a joke that this series was 17 years ago or 18 years ago it started right and um it, it's so funny and like i i when you say some of the uh, to touch upon our last couple things shout out to mark hamill as well he plays art rosenbaum the guy um who makes the he's the costume maker i, I believe right um yeah prom dresses in the in the uh, yeah. morning and then uh superheroes Super, yeah at night I, and um, I want to say that because the series was written 18 years ago, right? I think there is a lot of that kind of juvenile stuff in 
some of the stuff that maybe you couldn't get away with in 2021 or some of the stuff that is a little bit more juvenile that I feel like Kirkman probably working with this team go is able to go, okay, you know, I was younger then, like this was almost 20 years ago, like, which is insane. Um, let's remove these things or move these around or tone things down. But I mean, even Amazon's open to it. Like the boys doesn't really, you know, it, it goes to some places where you wouldn't expect when it comes to violence or, you know, sexuality or, or just a, a taboo kind of a not PC thing. So I don't think that they're afraid to not to tackle those things in this series, but there is a way to not make them juvenile, like a kick-ass or something like that, or a Mark Millar kind of thing. And I, I think Robert Kirkman is a little bit more um, restrained uh, than Mark Millar. So, and um, I just, yeah, I can't wait. We're not going to put a review score on these much like we did with WandaVision. Cause we'll wait until the, maybe the whole series is finished or the whole season, but I'm really loving it. Can't wait for you guys to, to watch along with us. And I, I really highly suggest that you go check these out on Amazon prime because like um, I think if you're a fan of uh, the superhero genre and you're looking for something that's, you know, a little bit different and that's why I got into invincible. And now that it's like accessible for people who, you know, might not want to read 144 issues of a comic book series, like you'll be able to follow along now on, on Amazon prime. And I can't wait for everyone. I, I really dug this and I can't wait to see more. Yeah, same. I'm 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 in the same boat where I'm I'm just excited to kind of follow along for the ride and see where things go. And um, again, I, I I'm I'm curious as to what you're hinting at in terms of how the world expands and how things will kind of play on what you you know you're 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 thinking of that those expectations are going to be. And um, yeah, I, I think the thing I really liked about this is you mentioned it as well, and we've been talking about it is that. There's a maturity level to this adaptation that isn't afraid to get down and dirty, but at the same time, it doesn't do it just for the sake of being uh, vile and grotesque. It makes and it has those consequences too, right? Count. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, we'll probably talk about Invincible, you know, on the main show whenever we watch a few episodes, but then we will probably be back at the end of the season to maybe do a spoiler cast review of the whole season. I would really love to do that. So, uh, much like we will do for WandaVision and certain shows uh, of that nature. Um, please check out all of our other reviews right here on Untitled Movie Reviews. We recently reviewed, um, uh, we can check out all of our Sundance coverage as you're listening to this. I think Eric and I are in the middle of South by Southwest. So I think all of our South by future Southwest us's. coverage. Yeah. Future us is in the middle of uh, South by Southwest. So you can check out all of our South by Southwest coverage uh, right here on untitled movie reviews. Um, and uh, please go check out our main show untitled movie podcast, which is our more free form long flow, you know, talk about the entertainment industry show, as well as our interview show untitled movie conversations. Please drop us a review on those three channels. If you would be so kind and follow us on all of those social medias at untitled underscore cast. As always, my name is Matt Roybeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitled moviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all of those social medias at Matt Roybeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. And until next time, Invincible, a little optimistic.